Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to The Things We Do For Love. I'm Izzy Sutty, your host, and you are about to hear me chatting to the very funny and effervescent, like a fizzy drink, Sean Harries, who is someone I've known for a really long time. She was best friends with my partner since they were at primary school and um, we've done some stuff together over the years, including drinking lots of booze. Uh, she co-wrote on Man Down for Channel 4. She co-wrote on Tourist Trap for BBC Wales. She's written a lot of stuff and performs as well. She's got her own sketch show on the Welsh Channel S4C and she and I, a long time ago, did a series of sketches with Ellis, my partner, for a Welsh programme called Hub, H-W-B, which was to help people learn Welsh. So if you want to learn Welsh, you can go to YouTube and look up our sketches, which we had a lot of fun doing. And there's a lot of 80s themed ones with dramatic stuff like throwing necklaces and boxes of chocolates at men. And yeah, these sketches are in a series called A Worse Cymraeg. That's Y, new word, W-E-R-S new word g-y-m-r-a-e-g but don't do that now sit back get your cup of tea or your pint of baileys i don't mind everything's in the show notes so you can look at it afterwards and please lie back sit back swing back if you're on a swing and enjoy my chat with the brilliant sean harry's welcome to the things we do for love the things we do for love the things we do for love. This week I'm joined by Shan Harris. Her favourite Beatles song is uh, Here Comes the Sun. Okay. Her favourite cafe is Oh, uh, oh, it's not a cafe, it's a bookshop. Hang on, let's think. I got told off for having a tea in there. Does that count? What? <laughs> It's actually relevant because it's where Rod proposed to me. Oh my God, that's completely relevant. But it's a bookshop rather than a cafe. It hasn't got a cafe in the bookshop. 
I don't think so, but I did get told off for drinking in there. Okay, that, that's <laughs> all right. I'm going to accept that. Okay. Because it's relevant. Yes, it is relevant. It's the Shakespeare and Co. bookshop in Paris and it's amazing. Oh, Sean. Yeah, I've been there. It's it's so brilliant, isn't it? Oh my it? God. You know that little cubby hole with a typewriter yeah. in it? If you look underneath the light fitting... That's where Rod wrote, Sean, will you marry me? <laughs> I know, but they covered it up with a light fitting. I just remember, because he came over to me, he's wearing this massive puffer jacket. And you know when you're wearing a huge puffer jacket in a, in a bookshop, it's really loud because it's all kind of swishy. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, come and have a look at what I've drawn on the ceiling. And I was expecting like a cock and balls or something. So it was such a surprise when I just went in there. And obviously you can't really make a noise in there because it's very French and very... It's very French, isn't it? And it's full of kind of people quietly reading books about philosophy, isn't it? (laughs) Yes, it's not a romp kind of bookshop. No, it's not. (laughs) Yeah, You you wouldn't like get out a bottle of champagne when you said yes. You'd be like, champagne all round, guys. Put down the Sartre book. (laughs) But yeah, they were looking at us really. uh, So we went to have a drink in another place. And then we sat down next to a woman in a fleece wearing a massive daffodil. It was St David's Day. And she was like, are you a Gilbert? Oh, my God. So we didn't get to celebrate it there either. It was so... Did he say to her, yes, but I've just proposed to my... No. No. (laughs) Oh, no. So you went from, like, kind of quite... It is lovely in there, but quite serious, isn't it? Yes. You went from that setting to someone being like, oh, my God, are you Rod Gilbert? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) There's nothing in in between. In a fleece with a daffodil on. So we were like, well, that's Welsh, you know, and they were kind of giddy because it was St. David's Day as well. Yeah, there was nothing in between. There was no kind of, I'd, I wasn't sure if I'd even said yes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm still not sure if I've agreed to this. <laughs> yeah, hang on, mate. I might say no. Exactly. <laughs> what are we doing here? Carrying on with our day. <laughs> and not talking about the proposal. Yeah, Just trying what? to fend off people <laughs> wearing daffodils. <laughs> Exactly. Yes. So does that count as a cafe? Yeah, it does actually. Go That's on. the longest answer we've ever Sorry, had. Love. Congratulations. No, I love I'm, it. I mean Costa. <laughs> yeah, Costa. Well, it's toss up between Cafe Nero and Costa. Actually, I remember when when I was a student in Guildford, we used to go to Cafe Rouge every day for coffee after college and it, and we used to share chips and it felt like such yes. like we were in France. And then the Cafe Nero opened and everyone was like, guys, there's a new cafe in town. And the coffee <laughs> was amazing. I, it, I was like, oh no, the coffee's better at Cafe Nero, but the ambiance is better at Cafe Nero. <laughs> Oh my God, I love it. We used to I go know. to the Slug and Letters. I remember the first day of uni and I met all the, um, you know, the glamorous tall girls that I'm friends with from university. Oh yeah, yeah. Who are lovely. I met all of oh. them in one day, the talls. Met them all on the first day and I was like, oh my God, because I'd never met so many girls who were great at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it must have been like seeing in black and white and then opening <laughs> and because they Honestly, are all great. They're brilliant. They're really yeah. Each of them is so beautiful and special and lovely and tall. Like when I was in the middle of them, I'm just short as one by a mile. Like I would just feel like I was in this enchanted wood. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember us going to um, the Slug and Lettuce and having chips, but with mayonnaise, which I'd never had before. And just thinking, this is my life now. This is my life. The glamour. I used to be friends with... Um, there were lots of Slovenians at Guildford School of Acting when I was there for some reason. Like there was, well, actually I say lots, there were two, but um, it was so exotic to me. I was like, oh my God, two Slovenians. Um, and um, 
there was this house called the International House. It had a Slovenian and Norwegian and two Norwegians. And um, they were so cosmopolitan to me. Like I hadn't even tried an avocado and I went to Guildford and I was like, and I had lived in London before I moved there with my then boyfriend. So it wasn't like I'd sort of gone from like, oh, bye bye, Matlock, you know, (laughs) and then got on. But I I definitely hadn't spent time with the people from different countries a lot or, you know what I mean? And then I remember going to the house and they were like, we're going to make you dinner. And I was like, oh my god like it felt <laughs> and they made pancakes with fruit in them and they had this tiny flat and they put this pile of pancakes that they'd made with this big fruit salad then you had to roll them up and I couldn't believe that was the whole meal but also I was like I guess this is it now I don't have to have protein with every meal <laughs> I suppose there's egg in the pancakes like mum had always said to me you must have protein with every meal I was like this is what Norwegians and Slovenians do mum they just have fruit in pancakes That's amazing I remember I, I was 21 when I had my first pizza and I, we were out. Yeah, yeah. And I think Elle was there. Like Ellis was there when I had my first pizza and it was incredible. And I, was, I, remember, I just remember going, I'm 21 and this life starts here. Do you know what I mean? It's so good to delay those things, isn't it? Because you yeah. like, imagine if you'd had loads of different cuisines by the age of 10 yeah you know you'd been flown around to different countries and eaten with you know and then you kind of you'd be like there's nothing else to discover I've done it all yeah I remember discovering black pepper like when when we moved to Cardiff and just going this is incredible like because it's so different from yes what's the other pepper called not white there is white white pepper is it just normal pepper yeah it's just pepper (laughs) isn't it like you'd get in a greasy spoon you mean like if you've got salt and a little pepper yeah it's not black pepper is it I've never thought about that actually when they come and they shake the black pepper onto yeah. your yeah. Italian meal, it's so exciting because they bring it's this massive so thing. Exciting. Can you imagine if they did it with salt? Can you imagine, you know what I mean? Like, I'm all right. <laughs> yeah. It was such a novelty. Yeah, I know. I was, oh, I'll do the intro. This oh, is, yeah. this is amazing we've just started chatting sorry the ones that I love no no it's absolutely (laughs) fine it's only if anyone's listening going I'd like the intro please in the format that it always comes in well here you are Um, welcome to the things we do for love the podcast about the things we do for love in case you hadn't guessed it's called the things we do for love so you're listening to the right podcast Um, it might be the time you changed your name to his by deed poll then realized that might be regarded as a bit creepy or it might be the time you went to his hairdressers and asked for a cut like David Swain's one of those is true (laughs) when you were at primary school was there like one fit guy yeah so for us it was David Swain there was only like 52 people in my primary school there were three girls in my year and I think five boys um yeah David Swain was in my year and everyone fancied him and I went to his hairdresser I found out which hairdresser he went to which wouldn't have been that hard because it was quite a small town and went and asked for a haircut like David Swain what was it like you know, like in the 80s, it wasn't in curtains. Cause I don't think curtains had quite... No, they hadn't at that point. Did it have like a kind of um, a wedge at the back? Yeah, it had a wedge and he had quite <laughs> thick blonde hair. And it's, it wasn't that short. It kind of yeah. tried to go into curtains, but it was too thick. So it kind of sat... You know how yeah. proper curtains would really move like <laughs> curtains? I suppose that's why it's called curtains. They kind of squish around. <laughs> It was too thick to do that. God. It was a very lovely hair. It was kind of cloudy hair, like candy floss. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, definitely. I mean, I just fancied everyone who had curtains. Like, honestly, me and my best friend, Lodi, we could be driving. You know, like when, as a teenager, you just kind of go everywhere with your parents and anything is exciting because it's different. 
Yes. Like if you, if you go to like, um, I'm trying to think of the English equivalent, but leaks, like a furniture store. It's oh, quite yeah, exciting yeah. because yes, yeah. it was for us. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's quite exciting. Or the tip. Do you know what I mean? It's a treat. Yeah, there might be what different boys. Yeah, they may be boys there, yeah, and we yeah. never get to meet boys because my best friend obviously she's a girl and she had a sister. We never you just don't see boys. So any boys? I remember passing through a little village in a car and passing this group of boys. If any of them had curtains that's the one as in yeah well that's mine regardless of what they were wearing what they looked like it was um, mad I suppose you know what it seems like curtains is something that can be changed quite easily like you go <laughs> if cur- all I want is a man with curtains by the way if anyone's listening doesn't know what we're talking about we don't mean like curtains in his house although I Drake. hope that he wanted that too but um like <laughs> It's a haircut from the 90s, really, isn't 90s. it? When boys would have, and men, I suppose, would have men. party. Yeah. I can't really imagine accountants having this haircut, so I'm going to say boys, actually, <laughs> would have a centre parting and then... Yeah. Yeah, and then how would you describe it? Like, And then to, they would kind of, like, to... Ha- like, I don't know, like, yeah, centre parting and then hair, like a sheath on either side. Yes. That would fall. Quite yeah. long. Yeah. Yes. There used to be this guy called Mark Hines who I really fancied in my yeah isn't it weird how you always say people's first names and surnames when you're talking about primary school and then yes. not after the age of 12 but <laughs> he used to always put his right hand like flick it through his curtains yeah and it would fall in perfect kind of feathers on either side like it wouldn't swish back into the curtains immediately I just used to think my god how does he do that like <laughs> how did you do hair when you went to get your haircut like like your crush I yeah. mean did, did yours fall in like beautiful feathers and <laughs> um, so I've got a photo of me with the short hair and <laughs> it did go into sort of feathers but it looked really wrong and I had a brace as well like it oh. I had a head brace as well as a fixed brace so I had did to you? wear do you know what they are yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, so I had like a fabric cage that went around my head like yeah. a hat, and then these two hooks I had braces in big school. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard because it was I was 15. So it's just at the point where boys with curtains are starting to kind of look back. Do you know what I mean? And it was like, oh, God. And I had them for a year. And it was such a bad timing. But maybe, you never know, it could be their number one requirement that a girl's <laughs> got a brace. Because both of them are temporary things. <laughs> like the curtains thing can so easily be solved like, I love the idea that you see your perfect guy but he's got really really long hair you're like sorry it's not in curtains it's like I could get it cut <laughs> <laughs> or you could be dating someone who had curtains and then they come to school with like a crew cut and you'd be like oh my god what have I got myself into it is like that I think when you're younger like it can turn on a sixpence can't it you can think you really fancy someone and they'll do one tiny thing like even they'll trip over and think no one's yeah. seen and oh, it's like horrible. enough to burst the bubble and you're like oh god he's actually a human being I can't, <laughs> I can't do it oh it's horrible I remember I was going out with this guy when I was a guy it was a boy when I was eight <laughs> we were both eight and uh, really yeah, this guy <laughs> he was so sweet and we're still really good friends but he bought me a chocolate hedgehog for valentine's day and also a walking heart that you kind of wound up and it walked oh and it said i love you this much and i just had to call it off because i was like this is getting way too serious <laughs> yeah it's like opening a gift and you get this sickly feeling like yes. because you like the attention but you're too overwhelmed and you yeah. can't you actually feel emotions quite strongly when you're 
young and like you feel guilt and you don't want to hurt them which sounds mad because you're eight but I got a Valentine's card from a guy who was the altar boy at church and it was actually one of the reasons I got confirmed was because I would get to like go nearer to him to go and drink the wine and take the bread I fancied everyone in my Sunday school I fancied all the boys oh yeah and if they've got responsibility it's really oh my god like Like, to carry the the cross (laughs) (laughs) he carries the cross (laughs) ma'am why is Sean taking such a keen interest in Church of England Yeah, were, yeah, but then that was weird because there were two altar boys and I only fancied one of them, but I dismissed the other one. Maybe he didn't have curtains. <laughs> um, yeah, like I remember him giving me a Valentine's card and I still remember what it said. It said, I don't love you from the bottom of my heart. And then inside it said, I love you from the heart of my bottom. And there was like a man <laughs> pulling down his trousers and pulling a moony with like hearts coming out of his actual like bum. <laughs> And then I remember opening it and being like, this is too much. (laughs) A forever friends card or something would have been fine. But it was like, no, 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 no. There can't be a message inside as well. Like, See, I would have really welcomed that kind of bum heart joke rather than a kind of walking heart with it, which was really full on. And also that it was um, not forever friends, but what are it? Country Companions, Chocolate Hedgehog, which was massive. It was like the size of my head. Oh, I was picturing like a little hedgehog. Oh, no, a massive hedgehog. And it was just too much. So I finished with him, but on Valentine's Day. So I felt so guilty. And everyone's like giving you, you know, everyone's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you finished them on Valentine's Day. I'm like, I'm eight. <laughs> and then the day after, we'd gone to this camp thing, you know, where all the little kids get together and to meet other kids from school. Yeah. And there was a big fancy dress party, and the theme was the sea. <laughs> and he'd dressed up as a beach boy, but he was crying. And every single person, it's like the thing that you where you meet people before going up to big school. I got a reputation for being like a bitch. Like, I can't believe she finished it. It was so mad. I remember Ellis, like, was there. And I remember him thinking, who is this Sean girl? She sounds, I'm going to avoid her. (laughs) Mad, isn't it? Once you want to finish with someone, it's really hard not to. I think even in adult life, that's the case. I nearly had to dump someone on Valentine's Day in adult life. And it's like, once you know, it's so hard to carry on because your whole body is going, I need to be honest and I need to, until about five or six years ago, if anyone like ever cheated on anyone or just ran away and left them or, you know, and I mean like sometimes if I've had kids or whatever, like sort of they're married or, you know, what I mean is like adult relationships, not an (laughs) eight-year-old. Yeah, yeah. I used to be quite hard on them. And especially if people cheated, I used to be like, that's just so wrong. It's 100% wrong. And now as time goes on, I try and think about the reasons why and think it is really hard if you, and there are loads of things going on with a relationship that you don't know. It's not, I think when you're younger, you're so black and white. Like the person who cheats, it could be like, an abusive relationship with a person who cheats. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, I think think when you're younger, you just go like, if men are cheats, like get out. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Oh my God, totally. You just see everything as this binary world. But yeah, you're right. And sometimes it's so awful, but sometimes you need something like that to happen in order for you to be totally sure that you definitely yeah. need to get out of something. Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. It's a minefield. I know, it really is. I remember the feeling of having to finish with someone and that being horrible, like a kind of weight around your neck. And then I remember rehearsing it. I remember ringing... 
I can't even remember who it was. It's happened more than once. Like with it written out in front of me, like what oh, to say, like yeah. ringing their landline. And oh god, so having to talk to their parents first. Yeah, oh like, my god, how's your mum? And then you know, oh my god, yeah, and like counting the rings. And when it got to like six rings, you think few, few. They're not going to answer. But then you think, but then I've just got to do it tomorrow. Like it, yeah. And then I remember the feeling of being dumped, being so different because you're out of control. I suppose you're the one in control when you're doing it and you're completely out of control when you're being dumped. And that's so horrible in a different way, isn't it? It's like one of them is the concave one and one of them is the convex one. It's like it's the same pain, but like backwards or something. Yeah, it's, really, yeah. it's horrific. I, I always think I would rather be the one who is dumped, which is awful. But then it does weirdly give you a bit of control. It's like, okay, they don't want to be with me. I can get over it. Whereas the other way around, for me personally, I'm always questioning myself. Did I do the right thing? Yeah. Oh, God, have I made an awful mistake? And am I going to look <laughs> back? And yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't think I've ever done that, actually. I don't think I've ever either thought that I might look back and regret it or actually done that. I think I've always probably waited until it's got so horrendous <laughs> that... <laughs> You can't remember anything good about it. That's the thing, isn't it? It's like, oh my God, like this is so awful. Have you ever had somebody else dump somebody on your behalf? Like when you were younger? Oh yeah, and ask them on your behalf. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, talk about, there was this guy and he's really lovely. And weirdly, he was the one everyone fancied when we were in little school. But then in big school, he's still beautiful. He's a beautiful man. But we're just not, you know, we're not on the same wavelength. He was in his prime when he was seven. Exactly. That's, all. that's it and um oh I just couldn't bring myself to finish with him and so I sent my friend to finish with him oh god but the feeling afterwards of freedom I know it's just oh man it's insane it's, it's like a, a proper buzz isn't it it's like <laughs> I could do anything I could do anything like yeah <laughs> I can do anything. I can get a third party to finish with someone <laughs> to hurt people's feelings. I'm invincible. <laughs> yeah, you got out of having to do the dirty work, really, haven't you? Then you just hope yeah. that she doesn't ask you to finish with. I think I'd find it. I don't actually think I've ever had to finish with someone on someone else's behalf, but I've certainly asked other girls to do it yeah. on my behalf. Yeah. I don't Perhaps they knew that I'd just try and. I'm such a people pleaser. I'd just come. <laughs> Sorry, I said that you go out with him for another five years. <laughs> Sorry, he says he'll change and I believe him. <laughs> he won't get you any more chocolate hedgehogs, he'll just get you a lint ball. Oh, was no. it hollow or was it, it solid? Was, no, it was hollow. Did it have anything inside it? No, like, it didn't, oh, like Smarties or something. No, I don't think it did, but um, I ate all of it on the bus and it just took ages. I felt sick anyway because of all the love. <laughs> oh, it was such a weird situation to be in. So intense. It's also so hard to eat the head of an animal that's the same <laughs> size as yours, isn't it? There's something quite odd. Yeah. Like, if it was a miniature hedgehog, it wouldn't feel weird. Like, you know those caterpillar cakes from oh, yes. M&S? That was my wedding cake. We oh, had yeah, that. that's right. I think that's why I associated <laughs> with you in, the, in my subconscious. So, yeah, Betty had one, my daughter, for her birthday, and she really wanted the head. It's like riding in the front. It's like calling shotgun, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> she's like I'm having the head it's my birthday oh love um, I know but did you have the head at your wedding I can't remember yeah well what I did we um 
basically I had a weird like a kind of cartel going on across the UK so my mum was buying them up in Wales I had another person buying them up in Cardiff and I was buying them up in London <laughs> because we needed like 15 of them yeah. the plan was chop all the faces off bar one at the front and then put them all together to make a massive caterpillar yeah because that's um, so much better than keeping the faces on because then that would be yeah. a bit like human caterpillar <laughs> Quite grim about seeing the what is this? (laughs) Yeah, but then the night before the wedding, I hadn't eaten carbs for like six months, and I ate all of the faces, Izzy, on my own in a (laughs) four-poster bed in my wedding like dressing gown. (laughs) Yeah, just kind of that was my last night as a single woman. (laughs) And I bloody loved it. And who had the face on the day? Oh, I they don't were like, know. you must have the face of the bride. Like, I never want to see one of those fucking faces. I'm all right, actually. <laughs> so funny, though, because I hadn't eaten carbs for so long. I was so hungry. I thought it was amazing. Wasn't oh, it? The first four were just like, oh, my God. But then towards like maybe nine, what yeah. am I doing? <laughs> were you like thinking I've got to get to the end I've started so yeah, yeah I'm so stubborn like that I think if I've decided to eat a tub of Ben and Jerry's I'm gonna bloody well do it I have to stop to be sick that's fine yeah that's yeah. fine it'll just make room for more Ben and Jerry's and <laughs> plus I get into that weird thing of well if I leave three then people are gonna go why is there only three faces left whereas if all 11 of them go they won't think about the faces and <laughs> did you have like a special because we are engaged it's like we're gonna move house and so I yeah. And Betty wants to be a bridesmaid and then oh. I guess Steffi will be a page boy. So oh um, God, Betty's so going to hold the ring, which she's really excited about. But oh. it won't be for years, I don't think. Yeah, it like, takes a lot of energy to organise. I was engaged once a long time ago and we started to organise it. And I remember having like email Excel spreadsheets to each other, like even about the guest list being like, yeah. oh my God, they've started going out with someone. They've been going out with them for eight yeah. months. Do we invite them? Like it's a nightmare, isn't yeah, it? It's a total yeah. nightmare. And we had a rule in the end that if one of us hadn't met somebody, they weren't coming because yeah. it was getting way out of hand, you know. Yeah. We went to yours. It was brilliant because there weren't actually that many people there. But I know it was like a fake ceremony, not a fake. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, were lying to everyone. <laughs> the vicar was in like a prosthetics. <laughs> An animated mannequin, <laughs> like in uh, Peter <laughs> Serafinovich. You know that? Oh, I love that. Peter Serafinovich has an amazing series of sketches where he's a robot chat show host. And if you that, you'd find it. And he, yeah, he basically malfunctions and uh, yeah, he a figure like that. Exactly, my God. But um, it was because we'd actually got married properly a fortnight earlier with just close, fr- close friends, <laughs> close family, oh, basically. Thanks. <laughs> Great. <laughs> with yeah. our real friends. No, but no. Tier, tier two. <laughs> No friends and just immediate family because Rod's mum had Alzheimer's and it was really chilled and just we didn't want to overwhelm her with but even then oh my god it was so hard just organizing everything and people go mad. I know like we were thinking about having a small wedding in Wales maybe exactly the same like having yes like my family and his family and that's it. Then we started saying, oh, should we have three friends each? But then he hasn't only got three friends and nor have I. So it's really tough, isn't it? And you think, oh, we'll just have one friend. And it's like, what about their partner and maybe their kids? Oh, it's a nightmare. And it grows and grows. How do you choose? I didn't have bridesmaids because I couldn't choose. I used to have this thing that whenever I was really, really drunk, whoever I was with, 
in terms of girls, like girls I'd just met that night in a group, I'd be like, you can all be my bridesmaids. I must have said it like 50 <laughs> times in my life. But it's fine if I said it to someone from like Nottingham that I've met clubbing, who I don't even remember the name of. Yeah. Um, I've said it to my friends who probably now I wouldn't ask to be my bridesmaid yeah. because it's really hard and I probably should only have two. So I'm like, do they remember when we were in the toilets? At They're the- going to hold it against you. <laughs> exactly. It's like I've got a friend called Ruth who... I basically grew up with because I lived in Hertfordshire till I was six and we are still best friends in that way that your childhood best friends but she had like three of us to be her bridesmaids who were all from that era because it was her sister me and another girl who actually is her best friend so I'm like I don't know if I can have all three of them plus people from school and comedy and like oh man (laughs) and comedy and it's like you want to go I really love you all and it doesn't matter I've refused to be someone's bridesmaid before it kind of happened naturally yeah like I did it once for Ruth and that was fun and we didn't actually have any responsibilities which is what I liked yeah Um, and then oh, there's nothing worse than like right you're in charge of the bracelets like what no, like, I've just thought someone would buy me a dress and I might not like the color but I could sell it on eBay what is this <laughs> no no Sean you're in charge of like making sure everyone has a place to park what I mean I like, can <laughs> strapless gown <laughs> this is my date I want to have a drink too yeah um, yeah we were I was doing Edinburgh and it was my friend who I love from college and she was like I said yes and then she was like can you come for a fitting and it was like July I was like I've got previews every yeah you feel like such a twat I've got a preview in in Shrewsbury and there's only six books but I think it's going to go ahead you know to them it's like well everyone's got to be there because that's totally fair enough and in the end I was like I just can't do Edinburgh and because the wedding I think was in September or October and it's so hard yeah I kind of respectfully went I don't think I'm going to be a very good bridesmaid and (laughs) and I feel kind of still bad about it but I I'm also glad that I didn't just say I'd do it and then not do my responsibility yeah love that's better to say up front I think I think that's one of the reasons as well we our wedding was on the weekend after Edinburgh which is mad considering how many comics were there you know it's like the final hurrah (laughs) it was just such a huge kind of festival party but but we didn't want anyone feeling like they had any stress. So there was no speeches as such. Nobody had any responsibilities because we wanted them to have a good time. I, th- that is what I remember about your wedding. And I remember it being really relaxed, really fun and yeah. like a real party. Yeah. Like it was fantastic. I also remember Ellis coming down. <laughs> so Ellis, as usual, was kind of running a bit late in the morning and we all had breakfast <laughs> together in the B&B yeah. and he asked me to order him a pan au chocolat <laughs> and I got down and asked the sort of traditional Welsh lady <laughs> if they had and everyone was just like oh my god a pan au chocolat like it's sort of I just want some sushi as well and I was moved to London you know <laughs> oh my god that's so funny I remember um Al got up in the ceremony, didn't he? And I'd asked him, I don't know why I'd asked. I just wanted him to kind of be, I don't know, involved, I guess. This is a responsibility, though, I suppose. I asked him to say um, the lyrics to, God, I can't even remember what it was. Placid Casuals. I remember asking him to say the lyrics to a song and he did, he did, he did it in different accents. Do you remember? It was yeah. so funny. Yes, I do. <laughs> he just started it's saying quite, it in different accents. It's quite a bold move, actually, isn't it? Think- yes. <laughs> like that just said to me reading at someone's wedding, like, I'm gonna jazz this up a bit. 
Hello. It was, <laughs> well, it was because he was reading it out and he went, I just sound sarcastic. And I was laughing because he did That's sound it. sarcastic. And I said, do you have the Scottish accent? And then it was just so much fun. It was so much fun. And there was no, there was no pomp in that. I hate sometimes the formality of weddings of like, because yeah. I did a reading at a wedding once. I was so nervous. Oh, God. Like, and, and I've stood up in front of thousands. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's my job. And yeah. I was like, it felt completely different. It felt like I'd never spoken in public before. And I'm so oh. scared of like letting them down and like stumbling over a word. And but I was like sweating. You want somebody like your closest friends to feel like that on your day, you know, like, oh my God. Funny, isn't it? And they wouldn't have cared. No. But there was something about the theatre of it that yeah. it's great in some ways because it's traditional, but in other ways it, it a wedding should be what you want it to be. Another thing yeah. that I remember about your wedding is at one point, me and Lisa, our, our mutual friend, went mm. upstairs to my room and watched videos of people <laughs> squeezing oh, yeah. their own spots on YouTube. <laughs> both really love it. It's sick. <laughs> I found another person to be our partner in crime. <laughs> but like 20 minutes late, like later on in the night when everyone was really drunk, we were like, let's go up and do it. And it was brilliant. It was like we were at a sleepover. And, yeah. That's amazing. And then there was this, this one where this man had like, a big boil on his back, like full yeah. of pus. And the whole <laughs> village came to watch. Oh my Somewhere, god! Yeah, they all helped. It, it's, <laughs> it's so grim. I don't know what it is. There's something so, so satisfying about. Can you imagine if I'm downstairs going, "Where's everyone gone?" Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, they watching us upstairs? Like it's the speeches, <laughs> and no one's here. They're all watching a village lamp. Someone's boil. <laughs> So grim. Classic Sean and Rod wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mm-hmm. 
the what time that I was a bridesmaid for Ruth was just after Edinburgh as well, a different year, but I wasn't under as much pressure so I could fulfill my duties. I was doing a package <laughs> show rather than an hour on my own. And um, I put on so much weight during August from being in Edinburgh that my mum came to visit and she'd acquired a length of the material that the bridesmaids' dresses were made of, which was a kind of sage green. And I remember her following me around with this rucksack and she had to put a panel in the back of the dress to accommodate <laughs> my weight gain from Edinburgh. <laughs> brilliant. No. Uh, but my wedding dress, the, the wedding dress I chose, I chose it specifically because it was an empire line so that I could have a massive chicken key. Oh, absolutely. Empire lines are the best. And they also look really pretty. I think they, they look, look kind lovely. of like, like a fairy tale. Yes, exactly. But you can also have a massive chicken key. Yeah. I had two. I had two chicken Kievs on my wedding day. <laughs> One for breakfast. <laughs> I was thinking about chicken Kievs the other day. Like... I used to love chicken Kievs. When I lived with my friend Hannah, we every night we'd have chicken Kiev, we'd share a jacket potato with loads of butter <laughs> and then like have a salad. It's like a massive meal that like, you know. <laughs> yes, I think my mum used to give us one every Saturday night before we went out, just because I think she was trying to sabotage me getting off with people. Yes, yeah, so you'd been, been eating garlic. <laughs> you'd, you'd eat this garlicky meal in front of Jonathan Creek and then go out. <laughs> It's like a way of getting garlic into kids. Like, you know, when people hide carrots in mashed potatoes, like, I'll give them a really delicious yes. bit of chicken coated 100%. in breadcrumbs and we'll just put some garlic in. They'll barely notice. Absolutely. So what is the haircut thing the weirdest thing you've tried to get a boy's attention or to get a boy to like you? Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> That's the interesting thing, isn't it? There's something to do with getting their attention, which is the first thing you have to do. It's like a two-stage... Well, ideally, yeah. you want to do it all in one fell swoop. Yes. You have to do one action, which A, gets their attention, and B, makes them fall instantly in love with you. But that's quite hard to do. So I suppose you have to get their attention first. Won't yeah. go, why has she got exactly the same <laughs> haircut as me? Or finding out that you went to their dress and being like, why did you do that? And then, like, the next thing is making them fall in love with you. It's funny, isn't it? When you're younger, you feel that if only you did this thing, it would make them fall in love with you. Like you've just got to find out what the thing that you have to do is. Yes. Oh my God, I remember feeling like that, like a computer game. Yeah. So you're kind of walking around like a room going, is it that, is it this? No, it's not that. Honest to God, that's why at Little Girls, did you ever do that thing where um, in a sleepover and you had that game where you figure out who you're going to get married to? I can't even remember how it's done now. I was talking about this the other day on this podcast there was something yeah. that you used to write out and it stood yeah. for different things like marry yes sex I think was one was it friends sex? I can't even remember friends it was an acronym wasn't it that went yes. yeah and you spelled out the boy's name and then wherever it landed yeah you'd circle that and then <laughs> I remember being really upset because I was going to get married to Hugh our mutual friend who I had no attraction to whatsoever. He's a really good friend. And I was going to get married in mint green. <laughs> and I remember being... Hang on, how did you know you were going to get married in mint green? Was that another game? <laughs> no, it was, there were like different sections. You choose like four boys, then you'd choose the colour of your gown, like wedding gown. And because we were like nine or whatever, it would be like white, obviously, cream. <laughs> and then it would be something like mint green or lilac. And mint oh, green would be the worst one. I, no, I don't remember this. This is like a Welsh version of, like, was, this yeah. is so much more detailed than what we used to do. That's amazing. <laughs> Isn't it? And you could also like decide where you're going to live. I think we were going to live in a bungalow. 
<laughs> and I was really gutted. It ruined the sleepover. It was like, oh, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> and you really put a kind of a lot riding on it. You thought, well, that's fate then. That's how life works. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Like, I, I remember looking around when I was probably about 14 or 15 and then working out which boy in my class I should have kids with based on what we looked like like we'd produce the most interesting looking kids yeah and because your world is so small you can't imagine ever meeting anybody else outside of your like maths class yeah that's so true it's like that's the pool that's why it's so exciting to go out of your environment isn't it because it's like spot some curtains exactly hello what was it about curtains that we found so attractive because literally you could have anybody, even if their hair didn't suit curtains. <laughs> what was it? Was it because it kind of swished around? I don't know. But even if they had like tight curly hair and they'd, they'd do two little bits of gel there, <laughs> you'd be like, yes. So the boys used to do this thing in Wales where they'd shave all their hair off except for their fringe and kind of spike it up. Yes. Lee Spike had that. <laughs> I didn't like that. No, that was a sign that they were up to no good. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas curtains. Curtains. He's respectable. He's nice. He's got an umbro coat. <laughs> oh my God, the umbro coat. That was another one. Yeah, and head bags. Yes. I had a head bag. Yeah, me too. Um, I think Ellis had one as well. And also we, we found out that, you know, there's tiny little keys that came with it so you could lock it. Oh, yeah, yeah. They worked on all of the head bags. <laughs> You could really mess with someone, like, because so many people had them. We'd be like, oh, just lock their bag for no reason. (laughs) I love the idea that Head would produce millions of bags, all with individual (laughs) keys. Like a hotel room. (laughs) This bag is £10. And what's more, this key is a unique key for this bag. If you lock it and lose the key, that's it. You have to pop it open. But what you'd get is you'd get like farmers locking other farmers' bags so that they couldn't access rugby shoes. Oh, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was so much fun. So like you, if you had a head key, you had like the skeleton key, you know, you could... Yeah. You, yeah. It's chaos. I don't remember people locking their head bags at my school. I remember yeah. everyone having one. I had a head rucksack. I never had like the big... Yeah, we had bag. the big bag with the boot bag attached. Maybe they came with the key and they were leather, I think. They were thicker. Yeah. The rucksacks were cotton. <laughs> I bet they're yeah. going on eBay for like 300 quid now. <laughs> Probably. With, but with like a locked bit that you can't <laughs> open. Because <laughs> there aren't any keys left. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I looked up the sweater shop jumpers on eBay the other day. Do you remember how everyone yeah. used to the sweater We had shop? a friend who used to wear one. Because they were quite posh where we were from. Oh, expensive. We had a friend who would wear hers out clubbing. <laughs> It'd be like, are you really hot <laughs> just be absolutely boiling boiling but I should with shell suit bottoms <laughs> but also but it's my most expensive top yeah <laughs> so I'm wearing it out to a disco it's so yeah. funny it kind of makes sense really <laughs> at your school were there a lot of like because at my school there wasn't that big farming community that you might have had so yeah. were there more Kids from primary school, we were all townies. Townies in the broader sense of the word, as in we all had a lawn as opposed to 
a field sure. <laughs> but um then we went to big school and they were all just farmers from everywhere from all around and I think that's why me and Alice became such good friends we kind of clung to each other going who are these men <laughs> why, what are they like generally enormous just yeah. enormous just huge because they've been working outside since they were eight and eating three big meals a day yeah and so when we got put into this class that it's just us and all these farmers who were yeah nice enough but just so much more developed <laughs> we just felt like children and we'd never seen anything like it and ask honestly our class was just like a farmyard because of the smells and also the noise and the I remember thinking this is insane because a lot of them didn't want to be in school they wanted to be on the farm working because yeah. they earned money <laughs> and they knew that they were going to go and work there anyway like if that's yeah. the family business and they wanted to go into it exactly why am I writing a poem about my cavity you know what I mean oh. when I get home I'm going to go out and do bales like our sports day was so funny because it would be me and Elle and a couple of other kids from Haverford West who we would have to do everything because nobody else would turn up because they were doing um, hay. You know, it's hay time in yeah. the summer. So all the farmers were off. And also they used, to, they used to come to school sometimes with a note from their mother saying, yeah, he's not going to be in school today. We're doing the bales and there will be cider involved. <laughs> when they were like 14, 13. It was just a different world. Yeah. They used to be doing French with the farmers. It was hilarious because it was at the time of BSE. So they were properly anti-French. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it was just carnage, proper carnage. Did they just refuse to learn it? Or were they refuse. like, yeah, je m'appelle, like really sarcastic. <laughs> just refuse, as in, I am never going to speak French. I hate the French. They've taken our beef. And we, we you know, me and Elle just kind of trying to keep up with the trickle books. <laughs> it was absolute carnage. They would throw textbooks out the window, piles of books out the window onto the roof. It was great in a way. Yeah, it's quite cool <laughs> looking back, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Good grief. Yeah. I remember Madame Whitaker teaching us Elle s'appelle Isabel. And the way she said it was Isabel, Isabel. Yes. And everyone started laughing their heads off and going, Isabel, Isabel. And they, she was like, Yes, you have all got it. And they were just saying, Isabel, Isabel, and like laughing at me. And I was like, Oh, no. Oh, God. Did you have sexy French exchange guys come to stay? Much in the way that there was one fit guy at primary school, there was often one fit French exchange guy. But I don't really, <laughs> they were so exotic, weren't they? Yeah. Like they? I remember them all coming to stay, and I had Cecile for my French pen pal. I remember them all arriving on a coach. And yeah, there was one fit guy. I don't really remember much about him, to be honest. I was like more preoccupied with getting... I used to sit Cecile in front of Dirty Dancing (laughs) on video and just go out with my friends to the park and drink cider. Like I did. We were so different. She was such a sweet person. And um, mine was exactly... We are going to stay in another family's (laughs) house, isn't it? Like I remember going to Boulay, which is where she was from, and... Her mum, like, we used to go home for lunch every day from her school. I was like, oh, my God. And she gave us one day chips and spinach. And she, like, ladled this spinach on top of the chips and all this green juice covered the chips. And I was like, I just can't eat this. Like, this is mad. And I remember pouring orange juice onto my cereal rather than milk because it was in the same. All these things, like, because your your routine's so set in stone, isn't it? I was like, milk comes in a carton. And it was orange juice. So I poured orange juice on my cereal, then made myself eat it. 
which my dad didn't think was that weird at the time. He was like, some people actually do that. They have cereal with yeah, fruit. Yeah, they have apple juice on things, don't they? I think some people. I remember going to um, French Exchange and <laughs> the same, like the mum, who is lovely but mad, would give me like a whole baguette for lunch with some beef and a massive knife to get on with. And how old was I? 13? And I remember just being like, thank you, you know, and you're so out of your comfort zone. I was on a farm which didn't have any hot water. I remember one night I was <laughs> I was walking down this corridor and the dad, who was lovely, but not a word of English, just came out and went, pointed at my chest and went, très bien. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> oh my God. I was like freaked out, went back to the bedroom and I noticed I was in my mother's nighty, which said bonne on it. <laughs> oh, oh my God, thank God. I thought this was just going to be a really oh. grim... Sorry, no, no. So he was pointing out that, you know, French, I'm, it says good night. But I was, I was mortified. I bet you were so relieved when... I was when... relieved when I saw that in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. We were the same when she came, Delphine lover. She was so sweet, but we had nothing in common or yeah. nothing to talk about. I would just leave her, as you say, like watching Nickelodeon. I think my sister spent more time with Cecile than I did. When we went on French Exchange, me and Sharon in my year yeah. really led each other astray when we were away. We just got so drunk all yeah. the time. I think we were probably about 14, maybe. So we went and we had these red drinks in every cafe. We couldn't believe they'd just serve us. Yes, and, um, exactly. We went to this bell museum, either in or near Boulay, <laughs> and we kept falling into all these bells because we were so drunk. I mean, it's awful, really, to think that... And then we decided to play this game where we... This is the kind of game you play when you're a teenager that's such a bad idea. We decided to tell each other all the bad things we'd ever heard anyone say about Oh, I used to play this with this girl. It was horrendous. Or you had to go around saying something bad about everyone you knew. And afterwards, you just felt like awful. It was so toxic. It's like... (laughs) There's a sort of thing of like, hey, we're wiping the slate clean, guys. <laughs> it's like almost by knowing those things, you could change your personality and make yeah. yourself better. I'm going to work on myself. Oh, my God. Me and Lodi were so obsessed with working on ourselves, on our personalities, constantly working on ourselves. Isn't that mad? Yeah, no, I was too. I really believed that I could change my whole personality. <laughs> Me too. And with boys, you, I was like, well, if I just do this, it wasn't ever yeah. really about my look. Although I did get the haircut, but you know what I mean? Like generally, once I'd got to a bit older, it was like, if I make this part of my personality bigger and diminish this part, that's yes. the key. And be kind of laid back and know about football. I don't know about you, but I'm sure like a lot of girls out there really love football, genuinely. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. But I don't and I didn't and I got into it because I thought that would get boys. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it didn't. It just made boys talk about football more. So it's really weird because boys don't ever do it the other way around. They, no, they don't yeah, know about they don't order. <laughs> do you know what I mean? They learn about Judy Bloom. <laughs> but I still remember stuff about Mal Donaghy. Why do I know stats about 90s footballers? I remember this guy who was two years above me and he supported Port Vale. And oh, I would like a drink. <laughs> he gave me his Port Vale scarf and it smelled of links. And I was oh, like, oh, he's which... given me it's such a big deal for a boy to give you his football scarf, wasn't it? Oh my it? God, is he? That's like proper exciting. I, know. I think that would have freaked me out though. That would have been like, oh, chocolate hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> 
thank you so much. This has totally flown by. Oh, I love, I've loved it. It's so oh, nice. Thank you. Um, the things we do for love. <laughs> Betty's also put loads of things into my guitar, like loads of toys. So that... <laughs> the things we do for love. This week I was joined by... Shan Harris. Her favourite female author is... Judy Bloom. Amazing. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, Rod's favourite kind of coffee is... Oh, that's a good... Uh, cappuccino skinny, no chocolate. Oh, really? Yeah. Cappuccino. I cappuccino. thought everyone stopped drinking that when they stopped <laughs> reading that. <laughs> Stop giving people no, chocolate right. hedgehogs. <laughs> the things we do for love. You know... <laughs> When we used to do the clapping when we had an audience, yeah, we used to do this. It it sounded great because everyone would clap at the same yeah, time. And now it's just two people on Zoom going. <laughs> <laughs> and that was my chat to the lovely and very funny Sean Harrys. You can follow Sean on Twitter at Sean Harrys underscore. I guess there must have been a Sean Harrys. Um, she hasn't got an underscore next to her name in real life, like when people change their names by deed poll to a symbol. It is just Sean Harrys. But she does have the underscore after her surname on Twitter. Again, this will all be in the show notes. And you can listen to her podcast, The Froth Podcast. And I actually haven't been asked to appear on this yet, but I'd really like to do it if you're listening, Sean. Um, she does that with Rod Gilbert and it's on Acast and all the usual places. And that's chats with lots of different comics, but not me. Um, they're brand new series four starts in september i hope you enjoyed it guys and if you liked the pods please uh, subscribe and tell everyone you see and leave us a good review that would be lovely my own book is out on july the 22nd it's called jane is trying and it's a novel and last time i said i would think of a better three words to describe it than I did then. Um, I thought it might be better to use three sounds. Um, my three sounds to describe my new novel are eek, ah, uh, Jane, the main character, she's a delicate flower. So yeah, please do look that up. You can buy that at all the usual booksellers and we will see you next time. The Things We Do For Love was hosted by me, Izzy Sutty, and featured my guest, Sean Harries. The theme music is by Charlie Jefferson. The Things We Do For Love is produced by Ben Walker for Fuzz Productions and the internet. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.